Hey everyone, producer Dave here. All this week's shows are freebies on Patreon, so head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex. You can get the entire audio capture for all of our shows this week. Uh, thanks for being our listener, and uh, check out our live shows, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. I blocked him. Production from echoplex.
It's one of our theme songs for this show. That is Model Rocket Scientist. That song is called Big Small Towns. And you're on Down Ballot. This is our local news show. We do this every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, head on over to twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash echoplex and support this project. If you don't like Patreon, there's other ways to support this project. You can go to echoplexmedia.com and just hit the support thing. There's t-shirts, fucking you can give us one-time donation. There's other stuff on there. It's uh, it's easy to give us your money. And sometimes you get a t-shirt in exchange for it. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on Twitter, but you're just going to have to look for me. And uh, you can also find me on Grinder. And this is the councilman. I have all the fucking t-shirts, and you should too. So go and support Echoplex Media. Justin, uh, you can find me has, on Justin Freakin bought the Nazis Hate Disco t-shirt. Oh, very nice. And Actually, Chris that's what I need to get. Chris Lepako has the uh, 200th episode a limited edition t-shirt. Mm, fancy fans. I'm, I'm yep. going to get on those. I don't think I have those those iterations. Um, you can find me on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman. It's also the name on Twitter. So in case you see some random ass dude following you, it's me. And if you're looking on Facebook, find me at Hanselman. That's a bit of a philosopher, right? A bit of a philosopher, yeah. <laughs> I do one philosophy. The insufferable kind or the kind who's just nice to you at a party? Uh, the kind who are nice to you at a party and will we'll gladly uh, debate, but in a friendly way. Fantastic. We're going to get going here with debate. leading off here in San Jose. We had a little bit of a problem at the mall and uh, maybe I'll just let the local news uh, take it from here because that's their job to describe the little problem we had at the mall, I think. And we'll talk about it after. That's right. Good evening. I'm Ken Bastida. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. Now at 11 and streaming on CBSN Bay Area, taking a live look out at San Jose, where a suspect was arrested after allegedly live streaming threats to shoot up a popular mall. KPIX 5's Marie Medina is at Valley Fair Mall with what helped police track the man down. Relief tonight after San Jose police arrested the suspect inside Valley Fair Mall near the Nordstrom. Police acted on a tip from the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office who told them about the live stream. Well, that's scary. That's where I was in Nordstrom. Jerry Andreessen was one of several shoppers whose car was behind crime scene tape. As San Jose police's bomb squad robot focused on this car parked right outside Valley Fair Mall tonight, even hours after police made their arrest. Within 45 minutes of the call. The suspect was arrested in custody. San Jose police say the Santa Cruz Sheriff's Office called them around 4 p.m. about a live stream on Snapchat. A man with shoulder-length purple hair, they say, was threatening a shooting at a mall. Police and Valley Fair security found the suspect. His distinctive hair helped track him down on the second floor of the shopping center. Investigators say they did, in fact, discover a gun on him. These officers are heroes, worked very diligently, and in a safe manner, were able to take him into custody without firing one shot or using force. I was just scared. You know, I have kids, so. Sophia Cisneros works at the Cheesecake Factory in the mall and heard the commotion. The questions of whether they were safe or should close the restaurant soon answered after she learned police arrested the armed suspect. The fear went away when they said that it got, yeah. the person got caught. So A scare at the mall that could have ended in tragedy had police not acted quickly. That's pretty scary. It's scary stuff. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um. And details about the suspect and whether police found anything inside the car they searched tonight were not immediately released. In San Jose, Maria Medina, KPIX 5. Oh my. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a couple things <clears throat> worked to everyone's advantage there in that like nobody got blatted one. This person saw fit to live stream this shit on uh TikTok. Was it TikTok? Or was I, it Snapchat? I uh, Snapchat. I think it was Snapchat, yeah. Um <clears throat> and the other thing is they had purple hair. Yeah, did they did they I didn't catch it. They have the mugshot in that. No, uh, that but um clip. But we have a, we have another story from uh, the local news from where uh, the the suspect is from. So yeah, there was a. I remember one of the native stations uh, last night had a picture of uh, the, or the mug shot. Um, definitely purple. Definitely long. Definitely looking interesting. Um, this how- is why, like at the protests, right? This is why people block up. This is why people that that are going to engage in, we'll say, um, intense civil disobedience at protests might block up, and that means dress black head to toe, no logos on your shoes, nothing. It's, uh, people think it's to be intimidating, but it's so that they don't know who the fuck you are. Exactly. Exactly. This guy obviously wanted everyone to know who he was and what he was there to do and what he, or what he wanted to do at least, or maybe he just thought about doing. Cause to me, it's like, you, you don't, you don't do that. If you're really interested in blatting a bunch of people and killing a bunch of fools at a mall why are you going on social media and live streaming about it, right? Like you're obviously looking for attention and you're obviously considering whether or not you should do it at that point. Like if you want to, if you're, if you're the kind of person who's predisposed to kill a bunch of people with, <clears throat> with, uh, with bullets at a, at a mall, you're just going to go in and do it. You're going to walk into the cheesecake factory and start blasting people. You're going to walk into Nordstrom and start blasting people. Like, you don't, I, I, I guess there was a, the, occasionally like there's the story, but oh, well they posted something on their Facebook, you know, a few days before, but not, you're not going to go on live and broadcast it to the, the world anyway. It's more like they leave a, it's like their note, right? It's like their suicide note. And then they just go and do it and it happens. And, uh, you know, there is no fair, there is no forewarning. So I, I have a feeling that this is kind of more of a cry for help than anything else. Um, and just really glad that no one got hurt. Um, except for the, maybe the, the bomb squad <laughs> robot, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> send in the robot like r2d2 has to go and open up the car you know and not a not a officer in a big you know flak bag flak jacket this is just more evidence i think that all these places should have, have fucking signs that are just like no photography no video no live streaming me here's a media number if you want to uh if you're a member of the press and you want to do some video in here then like sure the guy who's going to go in with a gun's not going to obey the sign but maybe the people without the masks will and sure. they'll be less inclined. Sure. I think these things, these things just happen a lot less if it was yeah. known that you're not supposed to fucking live stream from inside of a store or a shopping center. Sure. And it would stand out, right? And it would be something like they always say, see something, say something. So that would be something to see and to, to say, um, if not like one of the patrons, one of the security guards, right? If there was, a, you're right. If there was a rule, um, then they'd be breaking the rule and whether or not they were there for violent purposes or not, at least they would get stopped and, you know, um, hopefully stopped from whatever they were doing. Um, yeah, this, this, it's frightening for, to be sure. Um, and we should all be, be vigilant, but at the same time, um, again, just really glad that no one got, no one got hurt. Maybe, and maybe, uh, maybe again, it was just a cry for help. So if you need help, get help. If you see a friend who needs help, help that friend, unless that friend, well, is Austin Bennett, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, here's the <laughs> local news story, uh, from, uh, Monterey County. Uh, nice. About the same story, and there, because uh, this, this person I believe was from, uh, I believe Salinas. 
down about those parts. This is KION News Channel 546 at 5. Let's take the music. Our top story tonight. A oh, there he is. A man is in jail. We're learning Hunter Title is the person accused of threatening to shoot up a mall. He was later arrested while armed at San Jose's Valley Fair Mall. There is still no idea what his motive was. Thanks for joining us tonight at 5 o'clock. I'm Aaron Groff. This all started yesterday afternoon when the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office got a tip that Title was making the threats live on Snapchat. Their deputies that alerted San Jose police. We visited the seaside home where Title lived today. The owner rents the house to Title and his girlfriend. His girlfriend says she never saw anything suspicious from him. They had only been living there for surprise. Months. Meanwhile, investigators tell us they got the tip about his threats over social media, and that may have saved many lives because police say they found the 21-year-old at Valley Fair Mall in possession of a loaded firearm. That is exactly what we ask of our community members is if they see something that is threatening that could cause harm to someone else is to, to talk to authorities about that. And that's exactly what those individuals did. And without a doubt, they saved lives yesterday. Our investigation shows title had some minor traffic violations in Santa Cruz County while living in Watsonville. He had some earlier contact with Hollister police, but was never in jail. No reported criminal activities in Monterey County. He's now facing numerous felony charges. Police searched his seaside home on the 1700 block of Luzerne Street. They oh, there was no evidence that poor neighbors had not had any prior contact with him. He was such a nice boy. He used to mow the yard. He used to watch my cats. I never suspected anything would go wrong with him. He was always very pleasant when I met him in the street. Especially that day that he was walking out with a shotgun under his arm and mumble, mumbling something about getting back at the man. <laughs> yeah, I, getting... I, I, I got to think this was like all about the live stream. Either that or, you know, Nordstrom sold him some bunk shoes or something or, uh, you know, uh, he, he had he tried to get a return and they wouldn't give him store credit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, poor neighbors like I uh do they really need to like show exactly where the dude lived and you know uh, pointed out to all the world that really is unnecessary i think for the news it's not important to me in this news story where exactly he lived in seaside um you ever been to seaside producer dave if i have it was like going through it like when i was doing like in, when i was in monterey or whatever you know yeah, you can blink and miss it, like as you're going to and from Monterey from here. Um, but yeah, Seaside is exactly the kind of town I would say that um, could produce someone like this. It's just one of those, like the the title song on the show today, uh, or the the lead song on the show today. Big small town, right? It's just just another American. It's a suburb of Monterey, so that's that'll tell you all you need to know. So it's not surprising that's where he came from. It's just interesting this this linkage, like this. Okay, so that's in Monterey County, and it was the Santa Cruz County Sheriff that got the tip. And then they alerted San Jose PD to go to Valley Fair and catch this guy. So what a twisted web. Um, why couldn't you, there's plenty of malls down in Seaside and Santa Cruz. There are. So what, why not? There's even an outlet center in Seaside. So I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding why he had to come all the way here to, to cause his malfeasance. Um, other than, uh, you know, he just needed to go for a drive and clear his head. Or, or he might've been here. He might've been in the area for like another reason. Right. That's that's true. Maybe he like has a you know a job or something, or maybe a relative. He was visiting his aunt. You know, uh, we'll find out more as this as this develops. I'm sure this won't be the last we hear about this story. This doesn't happen every day in San Jose. Um, 
But yeah, that was your, uh, in the previous clip, that was our uh, wonderful PIO from the San Jose Police Department, Steve Aponte, uh, formerly uh, worked at City Hall in my council office. Um, so it's good to see that he's he's making a big name for himself now as a member of our, our illustrious police department here in San Jose. Probably the only PD that, you know, don't end up bashing heads, <laughs> the wrong heads or the, the phones in the public information office. They just have to excuse them or, you know, explain for the folks who do. So, uh, well... I guess kudos to law enforcement for taking this guy down. Um, and I only can only imagine what it would have been like if he was black. That's true. That's true. Although right. he fit a, fit a sort of other kind of description where the police might exercise some sort of bias against someone. Sure. The, you know, the long hair, the colored hair, the slightly effeminate features. Um, and once again, the, the girlfriend with, oh, I, you know, never would have thought that he was this kind of guy never never saw any guns never saw any you know never saw any posts never saw anything like that he just seemed like a really nice guy and he was good in the sack well you know i mean i don't see like why if you were going to do this why would you why would you let your your partner in on it you know because then all you're doing is like increasing the number of people who might tell on you correct and you're also i mean you're also bringing i mean if if Assuming she wouldn't have done anything if you tell her about it, like you're 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 automatically aiding and abetting if you don't do anything about it or tell the authorities. Um, no, I I wouldn't. <clears throat> I wasn't implying that he told her explicitly, but you you live with someone, especially right now. It's like it's really hard to um, miss things about your your live-in partner. Um, the good wife and I can speak to that pretty well. I mean, we're <laughs> we're around each other. We're around each other all day. Like we we there's no way that either one of us could be cheating or running around or doing anything, you know, spending money behind each other's back. It's like, we don't ever, you know, spend any time apart practically. So there's really no time for us to be fucking around. So, um, it's, it's just hard to, I, I just find it hard to believe you don't notice these things, but it happens all the time. Again, there's, it, uh, people are pretty good at hiding their inner selves, I suppose. And I mean, it's, um, it's, it's also possible that, you know, personality traits that one person might see as a problem someone else might not like maybe it was yeah you know for example if if you know somebody and they're always just kind of like a like a brooding sort of person or whatever mm. then how is their behavior going to change before they do something like this right whereas if right. the person's usually kind of bubbly and fun and easygoing and then they start you know being brooding and negative all the time then you're like wow hmm, something's mm -hmm. going on here true truth so, so it's like it's, you know, it's just, it's all like a matter of perspective and like what you're accustomed to. Cause you, if, it, if there's no change, then how would you notice a change in behavior? Truth, truth. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, if you do care for someone, um, you are, uh, you do, I do find that you overlook quite a bit and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, a lot that you will excuse or at least, um, explain away, um, at the end of the day. So, uh, just hopefully, hopefully she wasn't involved and she can go about her merry way and, and get this guy out of her life. Um, and hopefully he gets some help. He probably needs it. So, uh, Seaside, get your shit together. We're going to move on to a story we've been covering for the last two weeks. This will be the third week we're covering it. It's the story of the NASA, NASA, Napa, not NASA, <laughs> Napa. Uh, we'll call him, <clears throat> we'll call him the Napa three percenter, I think. There you go. And, uh, well, we'll let the news talk about it. This is, a, uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully you get some context from this. If not, like that's your fault for not always listening to down ballot. Exactly. Ian Rogers pleaded not guilty in court today to more than two dozen charges, 
The most serious are for possessing five pipe bombs authorities say they found at his auto repair shop in Napa. He's just a collector. Authorities also seized a cache of weapons, Nazi material, a white privileged card, and pointed to the decal, <laughs> suggesting Rogers' involvement in an extremist group known as the Three Percenters. Authorities say they have text messages from Rogers declaring he was going to war to keep Donald Trump in office. I hope 45 goes to war, and if he doesn't, I will, read one message sent the week after the Capitol attack. Prosecutors told the judge Rogers talked about targeting Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Facebook, and even Governor Gavin Newsom. But Rogers' attorney says his client has been a law-abiding local business owner, prone to misguided bluster in support of Donald Trump. He does not belong to any of these groups. He is not of a violent disposition. But when he drinks, he spouts off. And he Most of the seized weapons, the attorney says, were legal. And the bombs, he says Rogers kept them locked in a safe exploding them only for entertainment. He says when he goes on camping trips, sometimes he explodes these things. And he says he has documents showing the FBI was tipped off about the bombs and guns back in September, but waited months to arrest him. Why was he dangerous, not dangerous enough in October or September to get a search warrant? But now he's so dangerous, they have to keep him in custody on millions of dollars of bail. It doesn't make sense. Prosecutors told the judge the investigation was delayed because Rogers moved to another home. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't know if it's illegal to have pipe bombs. I'd I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to find that out if like Im improvised explosive devices, like if you're going to just blow them up when you're camping are illegal because then like there'd be all kinds of weird stuff around like, okay, well, what is the difference between like tying a bunch of firecrackers together and building a bomb? Like there's just all kinds of questions that I would have as far as like where you would draw the line on legality of pipe bombs. But as far as like why this wasn't a problem in October and why the FBI decided to act after January 6th is I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's because of what happened on January 6th. That's entirely possible. Um, it's also called like investigation, right? Like you get a tip and you gather more information and they more than likely just because they didn't have a warrant to search the guy's place or didn't get a warrant or didn't raid it um back in september doesn't mean they weren't watching him doesn't mean they weren't tracking him doesn't mean they weren't following him even and if some shit had gone down i guarantee you they would have stepped in um but i don't yeah i i am with you there i don't know necessarily if owning a pipe bomb is illegal. I have to think it is since, you know, M80s are illegal in most counties <laughs> these days. So I have to imagine a pipe bomb is illegal to, to own. And who the, like, where is he going to, to camp and let, set these things off? It's certainly not like a state park or something. Like I've never heard, of, I've never heard any of that kind of crap going off in the woods when I've been camping, but Hey, you know, whatever gets your rocks off is, is fine. But, um, seems like he could, you know, put, get a sparkler or one of those snakes or something, right? Like, why do you have to have pipe bombs? I also feel like maybe his lawyer did him a bit of a disservice there by talking about how, like, just even mentioning how he gets, like, drunk as fuck in the same context as talking about pipe bombs and guns and stuff. Not right. that not that guns are illegal or that alcohol is illegal, and I'm, think, I'm with you that I think pipe, making pipe bombs like that is probably illegal. I'm just saying that even if all three of those activities were legal in and of themselves, putting them all together like that, the way that the attorney kind of was... Uh, either did or allowed them to edit together that way in the interview is like a disservice to your client. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I mean, and at the same, like, why is it so much better if it, if he does this stuff when he's drunk as opposed to sober, right? Like, Oh, okay. Well, probably pretty rare that you can get your hands on alcohol if you have five <laughs> pipe bombs, right? Like he's, 
you know, uh, go around the corner to the liquor store and get that, like getting pipe bombs, you have to buy that, the materials, you got to, you know, put all the materials together, wherever you're getting them, dark web, real web, you know, uh, uh, lows, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any difference to me whether he does it when he's drunk or he's sober. Um, and, but he got, again, this guy's a lawyer. He's, the, you know, he's paid to, you know, uh, say nice things about this guy, no matter what, even if he was a serial killer, he'd have to defend him. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily blame the lawyer, but I do love lawyers cause they, they just love to explain things away. Um, well, I mean, I, again, end of the day, really glad no one got hurt. Really glad he didn't blow up his pipe bombs in like downtown Napa or something or at a wine bar. Um, but who knows what he was, was planning. And maybe, maybe he wasn't planning anything at all. Maybe he just really enjoys setting off pipe bombs, but it, there's just something about a personality of someone who would build a pipe bomb. Um, do you, I mean, have you ever thought about doing that or just for fun, building some, 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 uh, improvised explosive device? I mean, I'm a little curious now what the ingredients that I could get like locally are, but I don't have any, imp- my, the, the curiosity is more like scientific kind of like, sure. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't go buy the things, but I'm, I'm kind of curious like what one could get. That's a, That's an interesting, like it's intellectually kind of, kind of an interesting idea, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Can you just go on Google and find this stuff? Can you go down to Valley fair and get this stuff? Maybe that's what the guy was, the, the guy with the gun was looking for was, was parts for, for a bomb. So he could do even more killing at, at Nordstrom at Nordstrom. Right. But or maybe I, like the perfume counter. I don't know. Maybe there's something in perfume you can blow up. I also want to bring up this this thing we were that that we talk about sometimes when we talk about QAnon, and we were talking about it in relation to the um, the 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 storming of the Capitol. Mm. At what point does this kind of stuff go from a LARP to not being a LARP anymore? You know what I'm saying? It's not like there's like a fine line there. Okay, the guy had a three percenter sticker. Okay, he wasn't part of a militia. I okay, I'm willing to grant that, right? But. the sticker is it means something and he had white supremacist propaganda and we have a big problem with white supremacist violence so and then you put that together with the bombs and stuff and it just starts to sound less and less like a fucking larp the more that you learn about it sure yeah there's a pattern right um and we hear about this usually after these you know mass shootings mass casualty incidents you know it's all the same sort of mo it's all the same sort of um evidence that's there right whether it was there you know obvious to folks beforehand or it just came up at, during the investigation after the fact so you know again glad no one got hurt and maybe this was um was just a lark but uh, or a lark as it were maybe um but uh y- you know it's it's the same mo you see when when you do have one of these incidents so i'm again glad that they that someone got caught onto it and, and something was done because you never know like it could and you never know what's gonna you know if if you understand mental health too you never know what's gonna set that off what's gonna finally be the ultimate trigger the ultimate trauma that 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 breaks you know breaks that wall between you know i really shouldn't go kill a bunch of people even though i really want to you know and then just take that inhibition away because it really is an inhibition and it's just there's there's a there's a wall there between right that, that right and wrong and it's a thin line you're right it's a very thin line um, and I don't think it takes much to, to set it off. So, and there um, was, there was stuff like specifically about, um, going after the government after mm-hmm. the events on January 6th. And I'd be willing mm-hmm. to bet that was probably the, the events on January 6th. And then the associated messages or tweets or whatever they were saying, it was unclear kind of in the news uh, article, or maybe they were, maybe they got incomplete information because the investigation's ongoing or whatever. Right. 
Yeah, but, we're gonna learn more once he goes to trial for sure. Yeah, and this this one's this one's gonna be this this one's gonna be like this one's gonna last us all year. I think this particular story. Absolutely. Well, he's got an he's got an attorney. It looks like he has a at least somewhat professional attorney. It's not like a public defender. So this is going to trial. It's going to drag out. We're going to have you know be witnesses. There will be there it's will the be feds. It's the feds. Yeah, he ain't going the to feds. Trial. Right? No, you don't think so? Ninety five something percent of people end up taking a plea bargain from the feds. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I think we I think you're right. We will find out more um, when the time comes. But um, yeah. D uh, watch watch out keep keep your eyes open don't be a don't be a super narc but um you know good on the folks i think it was the the next door neighbors or the the newspaper next door that ended up saying something or you know notifying someone about it so don't blow up pipe bombs next door to a, a newspaper um and if someone's blowing pipe bombs up next to you like go check out what's going on and who knows maybe they're just having fun and maybe it's a maybe it's a good time i don't know i'm not going to poo-poo anyone for blowing up pipe bombs in their backyard or while they're camping maybe it's exciting not my cup of tea i like camping to, at all isn't even my cup of tea <laughs> when i go camping it's like s'mores and you know grilling up some food and going on a hike it's not necessarily and you know it's not really uh, blowing shit up and it's not an overnight affair right we used to bring sleeping bags when we go to the beach though like in the summer just in case we drank too much but that's After, a different you know. that's a different kind of camping sure <laughs> the opposite of glamping sure <laughs> yeah uh camping for for me and the good wife definitely involves air mattresses it definitely involves like small heating units and uh and oh yeah the s'mores did i mention the s'mores s'mores definitely the s'mores definitely the s'mores all right well we will definitely be tracking that story um and now we're going to move on to it it's winners and losers but really this week it's kind of like the covid19 uh reopening closing series so uh, let's get into it I'm going to say we start with the first one that could potentially be a winner. Um, I'm Ooh. really um, trying to be optimistic about the vaccine rollout uh, now that we have a, a competent, even if people think the president himself is incompetent, it seems as though he has hired competent people Correct. and um, is working with the states. And I'm, I'm hopeful about the vaccine rollout. And this is a story about whether or not we're going to start seeing big events uh, in the fall. Um, I'm hoping for by the end of the summer so I can play one like bike party event where it's like 80 degrees out at 10 p.m. But that would be nice. Otherwise, like this is I think this is a bit of a hopeful story. This is from um, uh, KPIX 5 News here. This is about whether or not a Chase Center particularly is going to open, but also just kind of more broadly about uh, uh, event centers in the Bay Area. Sick. Who's that local artist? Right. From Knob Hill to the waterfront and looking at Chase Center with vaccine efforts hey. ramping up. The arena is eyeing this fall for a return of some live concerts. But how likely is that? How realistic? Tonight, KPIX5's Andrea Borba asked some health experts what it's going to take to get fans back to Chase and other Bay Area venues. With vaccinations against COVID-19 beginning to gain a head of steam, we wondered when sites like Chase Center could be used to their full capacity once again. This was the first ever concert at Chase Center. When will it be safe enough to pack shoulder to shoulder again? A Belle Biv DeVoe concert has been rescheduled for October 2nd. We asked epidemiologists at UCSF if that date is realistic. Hopefully by the fall, 
Um, you know, it depends on how, what proportion of people are vaccinated. We will get to mass herd immunity by the fall. I used to say the summer, but then when I saw the vaccine roll out, I'm like, okay, let's give it till the fall. The magic number for mass gatherings like ball games at Oracle Park or Warriors games at Chase Center is 70% of the population vaccinated. It takes away severe disease. That's exactly what all of these vaccines do. And then it gives people enough immunity that if the virus is bopping around, it can't find anyone to infect. Until that 70% is reached, Dr. George Rutherford says proof of vaccine could be required to participate in large gatherings. I don't think it's such a stretch to think about, you know, have, having, um, uh, making certain, having, having that as a criterion for being able to do things. Dr. Monica Gandhi says it is okay to go ahead and start planning once again for the future outside the four walls of your home. You think about next Christmas, like where you want to go, think about your vacation, go wherever you want. Epidemiologists have one message for the upcoming Super Bowl weekend, and that is please do not have a party. They say we have gotten this far. We need to make it through one more big event without having another surge. In San Francisco, Andrea Borba, KPIX5. The last thing they talked about is what's not going to happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, although the, uh, the good wife and I are already talking about what we're going to do here in terms of nachos and pizza and food and whatnot and having a little party. But just for us and the dog, not for a big, uh, we, well, we normally would go to a Super Bowl party with some friends, but not happening this year. I mean, I don't watch the thing, right? But y'all, we can, we can all fucking jump on a fucking group call or something, hang out a little bit during the Super Bowl. It's a good time. Like we're, we're both not very enthused about the, the players, the, the, the Brady and the, the, the Mahomes and all that. But, um, yeah, uh, we also are not really big fans of Monica Gandhi's, uh, you know, lighting and makeup and and zoom zoom look she's on a dr gandhi's on a lot of uh local stations opining about covid and she just I, I she's on so much and does so many hits i cannot believe she doesn't have a better setup with audio lighting and she seems to she does this thing where she's like um and she wears and she wears way too much eyeshadow so it's even like, even just a good even just like a like a 50 dollar usb microphone correct correct and just like a light like a, I, like literally i have what I, we have is a hand lamp here and then i have a little desk lamp that's pointed at the wall to sort of block out the shadows a little bit um i also don't wear like heavy eyeshadow or mascara or you know lipstick and she she really in foundation she definitely piles it on so it does, it's, just, it's not like a look. She looks like she's disheveled and pissed off all the time, but she seems like a genuinely nice person who knows what she's talking about. Um, so I, I wish you well, Dr. Gandhi, but please get a better look for your Zoom hits if you're going to be on or at TV. least fix the mic. I don't give a fuck what people look like. In fact, I'm right. like not comfortable commenting on the the appearance of like academics, like when they when they take interviews. Normally, but, I wouldn't, but the good wife uh, did it for me, so I, I felt I could. I was justified. <laughs> I, but, I laid off. But for for fuck's sake, yeah if this lady's like doing all this consulting work and taking all these news hits, she should just be like, send me a microphone. Right. She I don't have to yeah. buy it herself. Yeah. I don't understand at all, but, and, and it's not just on local news. Like this is on national news. So there's people who have just, they they're on every day, like t multiple times a day and they still don't have a decent mic and lighting setup in their, in their freaking house. It's unreal. And they didn't bother to upgrade their, or pay, have someone pay to upgrade their upstream too. So, cause folks are, crapping out all the time doing these hits even like senators and congress members and you know members of the press so i understand you may not have good internet in your neighborhood but what they need is my best my best practices sheet for the virtual panel um it tells people it's like run a speed test reset your network before you come on 
run a mm-hmm. wired connection if you can. Upload all or up, upgrade all your, or, um, you know, update all your apps, right? Make sure you've got the latest versions of everything. Oh, that doesn't matter as much now because OBS yeah. Ninja and the, your browser yeah. automatically updates. Well, with that, yeah. No, you, I think you could be a, like, this could be another side hustle for you is coaching uh, these folks. I'm, uh, folks would pay for workshops on this, honestly, these days. I should have so. done that from the, but I didn't even know how to do it right yet. <laughs> so. Well, I don't, th- I don't think we're going back entirely, frankly. I think that we're going to, we're going to get used to, to doing some of this remote shit. And I think they'll, they'll obviously be in person stuff. There will be in person concerts again. Right. I'm actually, I'm hoping for July 21st. That's my drop dead date. Um, cause I've got <sighs> tickets to see fish at the chase center. That's and, funny enough. That's right around the time that July bike party would be. So I'm kind of hoping uh, mine's more likely to happen though. Cause it's outside. Yes, very much so. No, we, the, the show was supposed to be this last July. They postponed it one year. Exactly. Um, or it's two shows actually. So I'm, I'm, Crossing my fingers, not really hopeful, but we'll see. But at the very least, eventually they'll play there and it will be fabulous. But uh, anyway, well, uh, speaking of reopening, um, there's some serious battles going on around California and especially locally, uh, particularly over schools, um, but also restaurants and other other businesses. So um, looks like the divide seems to be coming down with schools around the state between parents who are sick of homeschooling their kids and having to be around their kids all day, God forbid. Um, And then uh, teachers who are, who love their kids and want to teach their kids and want to do their jobs, but at the same time are very concerned about their own health and well-being and don't see a whole lot of um, seriousness on uh, the part of district administrators in terms of keeping them safe. So we're seeing now, it looks like in Livermore, apparently um, there's a a big battle going on over whether or not to, to reopen the schools. Let's see what's going on. On a wait for their kids to return to classrooms, but as KPIX5's Julia Goodrich reports, teachers are demanding to get vaccinated first. I want to be fully vaccinated um, before I expose myself to um, the numerous possibilities of um, exposure to the virus in my school setting. And until she gets that vaccine, high school English teacher Corinne Casada, who is a single mother of three, says she doesn't want to put her family or students at risk. I teach four classes a day um, and I have over 30 students in all of my classes. That means I'm exposed to hundreds of families. Um, every day. and But tell that to hundreds of Livermore parents who have signed a petition to get their kids back in the classroom now. Now we have proof that they can go back safely without the vaccination. Everybody else has had to go back to work. I'm not trying to minimize what this disease does and those that have been impacted by it, but our children's education is essential and they need to go back to work and teach them. While high school English teacher Liz Watson loves teaching her students in person, she says people need to understand the risks still involved. Teaching is incredibly different. Like, I've never spent six and a half hours in the grocery store with a small group of the same people in, like, and it's, at the high school level, we spend over an hour with multiple sets of students who are spending over an hour with other multiple sets of students. So the main question, what is the vaccination timeline? The district telling me late today they are doing everything they can to get teachers vaccinated and their entire staff. They hope that'll be in the next couple of weeks. They say the main issue right now is supply. In Livermore, Juliet Goodrich, KPIX5. This is another example of blaming the wrong 
people. Both uh, both of these groups should be aligned against the district administrators, right, and education professionals who are um, not uh, working hard enough, it seems like, to come up with um, safe reopening plans and a, and a plan so that the kids are safe and the teachers are safe. Parents should be blaming the teachers. The teachers are just looking out for themselves and their own families and the kids that they teach, right? These um, And parents are rightly upset that, you know, all this has happened, but it's, you know, it's it's not as though everyone's gone back to work. Shit, this, that one lady, like, everyone's gone back to work. It's like, no, the, the millions of people who are out of work because of this haven't gone back to work, right? There are people who are suffering out there and can't pay their bills you know, God forbid you have to sit at home with your kids for six hours extra a day, right? Like most of my friends who have kids are like, this is, this has been, you know, it's, it's been a sacrifice, but it's been really great. I've actually gotten to know my kids more. I've, I've interacted with them more than I would have. I've been able to be a part of their life, a bigger part of their life. Right. And I, you know, I understand, but you're blaming the wrong people, right? It's the, it's the lack of national state and local leadership on how to get these places open again. Yeah, American Dream in the chat uh, just said that we shouldn't even be thinking about opening the schools until fall, like we're thinking about opening the venues, because the kinds of close contact they're going to happen at a concert aren't too terribly dissimilar than the fucking hallway at a high school. Sure, absolutely. And like and like the the young lady said, you know, like you're also at a concert for you know an hour, two hours, maybe three hours, and you're moving around a lot. You're not around the same people. Um, in this situation, like you're you're just around uh, germ magnets right like kids are dream magnet whether the kids get sick right whether the kids have really bad symptoms from from catching covid is irrelevant like they are little kids especially are like germ magnets and don't wash their hands and don't you know they're the least the least likely to follow the 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 hygienic procedures right other than the anti-vaxxers so you know it's not exactly it's not entirely it's it's a it's a germ fest at school so i completely sympathize with the teachers here especially if there's no solid plan um, but we're going to find out more about that a little later under SF Get Your Shit Together. So we'll have more time to talk about this. But um, So you want to tell me about this story? Well, there's a place that's refusing to close. Is it Los Gatos? Not only is it in Los Gatos, but of course it's a fucking yoga studio, right? Oh, is it hot yoga or just regular old yoga? I don't know, but... Oh, man. If there's yeah, a right. place where if you have a popular yoga studio and you want to raise money, just keep it open. Los it's Gatos Los Gatos. is that place. The um do you recall the story? Was it last week we had it with the the teachers who like the the hospital had some extra vaccines, right? And they gave them to the the they contacted the school district and gave them to the teachers. So they were pitching that they were previewing that story um on one of the news stations for the good wife and I when we were watching and said something along the lines of, you know, affluent suburb in the South Bay um, where teachers have jumped the line on on vaccines. And we both looked at each other and we said, Los Gatos. And sure enough, it was Los Gatos. Right. It was going to be one of two places. It was going to be Los Gatos or like Atherton or something. Right? Sure. Right. Saratoga. You know, it's it's pretty, pretty limited list, but um, like like and, my neighbors, basically, except for like <laughs> Atherton. But yes, yeah, two cities right. that border border the city I live in. We're like the we're like the. We're like, we're like the poor part of fucking Saratoga and Los Gatos here. You're the slum, man. You're the you're, the, you're like the sticks of a. You're the you're downtown. Campbell is like the is the the yeah. <laughs> Our downtown's way more cracking than either of those downtowns, though, under normal circumstances. That's, that's true. It does pop off. Um, but yeah, so this is a great combination, Los Gatos, and then there was that yoga studio in Pacifica too that was was uh, racking up the fines and, and threatening to kill 
county supervisors or whatever. So, I mean, what yeah. is Pacifica but Los Gatos by the sea? Exactly. It really is with a pier. So here's that news story from a uh, KPX five here in the Bay Area. Backlash in the Bay Area yoga community tonight. KPIX 5's Devin Feely tells us a local yogi who's been an outspoken critic of others holding retreats during the pandemic is now planning one of her own. Devin? Oh, it's not that they're staying open. It's yeah, that they're so planning the a retreat. The yoga studio contacted me late this afternoon. They didn't want to be a part of the story. They didn't want to go on camera and lend credence to their critics. But we heard an awful lot from others in the yoga community who have been highly critical of this retreat. They call it reckless and irresponsible and ill-timed. The week-long retreat in Tulum, Mexico, was advertised on Yoga Source's Instagram account, promising enchanting waves, dreamy beaches, delicious food, and three yoga or Pilates classes a day. We can do yoga at home. Eleni Ramfos is a yoga instructor who plans to attend medical school next year. She says the Los Gatos Yoga Studio's idea of a tropical getaway in the middle of a pandemic is the definition of irresponsible. Not only is it unnecessary, I don't think it's safe. I have a background in public health. Eleni is part of a group of outspoken online yoga instructors who have been highly critical of yoga retreats, often held in parts of the developing world, as the virus rages here in the U.S. and across the globe. I've been working on the front lines uh, along with many of my colleagues since the beginning of this pandemic. The owners of Yoga Source contacted me late this afternoon. They did not want to talk on camera, but said the retreat involves four couples, a total of eight people, and that every possible precaution has been taken to ensure their safety and the safety of others. Angela David says there's a reason the CDC is recommending people not travel, especially internationally. In my professional opinion, traveling right now, non-essential travel, it isn't possible to do, to hold a retreat safely. Devin, is there any chance the public outcry will convince the studio to cancel this retreat as small as it is? You know what, it seems unlikely. Now the studio says that they have canceled two of their previous retreats from last year, one to Paris and one to Bali. But this time they say that they um, have made whatever accommodations they can to ensure the safety of the participants and everyone else. And it seems like they are intent on going forward with this retreat. So I did get it wrong at the beginning because I was sort of reading the next one, but <clears throat> like there's a lot of kind of crossover. And I wonder if, if these, these sort of, I'll call them ethical yogis. We could call them, yeah. Uh, you know, are, are like aware of this this sort of crossover between like the conspiracy theory community, the anti-vax community, and like people who do yoga and Pilates and like I just I just wonder if if there's any of this going on. If like the four couples that are going are you know maybe more prone to a uh, conspiracy thinking. Um, there were a lot of like yoga influencers on. Instagram who were posting fucking QAnon shit in like the summer <laughs> and no I mean it's funny but it also it like isn't <laughs> like you know what I'm saying it's I'm it's, laughing to keep from crying producer right? it's funny because we think it's funny because we we've been like hey look at this over here stop right. telling us we're idiots for talking about this over here this is a problem right. and people like are you you're idiots cover real news now look right. what's going on fuck but right like it like with uh, what's her name, M MTG or whatever, right? Like it, it's you know, oh wow, really? No shit. We <laughs> we laugh because we've been you're right because we've been covering this for years, and suddenly it's coming mainstream, and people are starting to figure out um, that their neighbors and their friends are QAnoners. Um, 
Yeah, I, I I also kind of feel like this is somewhat of a nothing burger story because the or, or I'm trying to figure out where this originated because it's not like these are all other yogis that are that are pretty much aligned and complaining against these guys. It's it's a professional disagreement, really. It seems like, um, and I don't know how much it is like uh, they wish they could go to Bali and and do some yoga, um, and they just can't afford it. I I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, it just seems like there's some there's some sort of like yogi rivalry that's going on here behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about. Um, so I yet to yet to be seen, but yeah, it's it's absolutely Los Gatos. Like that's a Los Gatos story through and through. Uh, especially like yo- yoga trips. Like it's one like you can do yoga at home. Like that one one yogi said, you can do yoga at home. You can go to a yoga shop or whatever they call it studio. Um, and then this is like next level. It's like yoga vacation you know yoga vacation yogi vacation yogi couples therapy um so i you know i i trust that they're doing whatever they can to try to keep their members safe you wouldn't i mean you wouldn't necessarily want to do anything that would would uh cause an outbreak because it would just it would completely ruin your reputation but that said you're right i think there's a little bit of crossover there maybe they don't maybe they just don't give a fuck or maybe some of the customers don't give a fuck well, you got you got to imagine the four couples that are going don't give a fuck, right? Like they're obviously all down. Uh, they're oh, down do you know fuck. who I am? <laughs> they're DTY. They're down to yoga. They're like they're like. Do you see that hill? I live on the hill, not down here in the flats. Thank you very much. Right, exactly. I'm from Montessorino. Thank you very much. Um, we don't get COVID in Montessorino. We just get the common cold. <laughs> and then we tell and we tell it to go away, go away. We get our little brown uh, our brown maid to just dust the dust the cloud away, go away. So speaking of exercise places that are maybe not taking this too entirely seriously, we got one place here in uh, San Jose. It's a gym that has racked Ooh. up half a million dollars in fines. I think they're trying to compete with that fucking church. And their seriously? fines are for like not obeying the, the COVID rules. And I think if you're going to not obey the fucking COVID rules, the gym is the worst place to not obey the COVID rules. Wipe off your seat. <laughs> I mean, unless there's like, unless there's like, a bleach solution being sprayed from the ceiling. Everybody has to leave after the exercise. There's a bleach solution sprayed from the fucking you go, ceiling. They wait you go 10 to, minutes and then they fucking go lift their weights. And then everybody runs back outside and more bleach falls from the fucking ceiling. There's just no you, way you should be going to the gym. You've been, to, you've been to the supermarket, right? The produce section with a little, like suddenly it's just there. You hear this thunder, right? And the little mist starts to fall on the vegetables to keep them wet. Right? Like a little, little, uh, sanitizer mister or something, right? <laughs> make sure they to make sure they they Run mold under. a little quicker. Like when you get them home, so you have to buy new. Correct. Buy new. Correct. Exactly. Um, but they're keeping them clean. Well, here's here's the story about that gym. Five hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, especially under COVID. So I have a feeling that there's a little bit of a fucking fundraiser either happening or looming. You'd think it'd be easier for a church than a gym to raise money, though. We'll see. Thank you. Well, some business, some Bay Area businesses, rather, are paying handsomely for going against state and COVID restrictions, intentionally or otherwise. Several healthcare providers and a prison is uh, experiencing that as well. NBC Bay Area's Chris Sanchez live in San Jose. Chris, let's start with the gym and how much that gym owner is going to have to pay. That gym owner is going to pay a lot of money. Ooh, Chris. The doors are still open and people have been coming and going. When it opened at five this morning, this parking lot was none of the other businesses were open. So all of the cars here were going to that business and there was no shortage of people. However, 
full shortage of people who wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to really have anything to say. But I did confirm with Santa Clara County that it fined the gym $550,000 and that that fine will continue to rack up every day that the gym opens for indoor workouts. A sign on the gym door reads this protest and choice of the people to peaceably assemble is protected by the First Amendment. It also claims the business is protected by the Fifth Amendment. I also asked to speak with the gym owner, but I haven't heard back yet. However, some community members say he should be playing by the same rules as everybody else. He should be closed because all the other fitness places are closed. I'm sure if anything goes off in there, they take it from there wherever they go. Cal OSHA is also imposing fines on Bay Area businesses. The state says San Quentin Prison created a public health disaster. 28 people died. More than 2,000 other people were infected in an outbreak there. The prison faulted for not training staff properly and providing inadequate equipment and testing. And as we have reported, Kaiser San Jose has been fined for violating COVID protocol early in the pandemic, though the investigation into the December outbreak is still ongoing. That's when a registration clerk died and about 90 other people were infected with one of the more contagious variants. The hospital blamed a staffer in an air-powered Christmas tree costume. Now, Kaiser San Jose and Kaiser San Leandro are among 11 California facilities fined, some for multiple violations, including improper training, PPE policies that had staff reusing masks, and other protective gear. Kaiser says they are contesting those fines. Now, state and county regulations now allow for gyms to host outdoor workouts, so this gym could host people outside and bypass all of the fines, but they still continue to open their doors for those indoor workouts. In San Jose, Chris Sanchez, NBC Bay Area News. I feel like maybe the hospital should get a mulligan. Yeah, especially with the, with the guy with the inflatable Christmas tree costume. I mean, it wasn't necessarily their fault uh, that he came uh, to, to cheer up his fellow employees in that costume. Um, and, and I just also, found it interesting that they said several Bay Area businesses and then basically called the prison a business. Exactly. Like that's my, was my next point. Like, isn't that a state run for that's a state run prison. It's not a private prison. That's San Quentin. That's a state prison. Like the state runs it. So what are they going to do? Find themselves. Um, like or find a, the it's warden. Like a dollar out of your pocket and put it in, putting it in your wallet. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I get to the bottom of it, but except you got to pay somebody 30 cents to like, tell you how to do that. <laughs> right. I'm going to give you this dollar and you are going to give me the dollar back. Um, yeah, like definitely get to the bottom of it, right? Figure out who was responsible and fire their ass, but no point in finding them. You're <laughs> you're just finding yourself. Um, and as far, as far as like the outdoor gym, like, you know, who would want to go and run on a treadmill outside? Well, no, the idea, the, well the, idea, the idea with the outdoor stuff, I've seen a couple things. Some of them are pretty cool. They have a, they're doing like, <clears throat> like kind of like, something somewhere between river dance and push-ups. I don't know what it's called, right? But they're doing like those kind of workouts that you can do at home with the music where you're kind of jogging in place and jazzercise. Know, I guess some yeah, jazzercise, sure. But they're they're doing that kind of they're doing they were doing those kinds of things when I saw sure. like videos of, biz, of businesses doing that. Uh Lenka yeah, Coloma yeah. was there like harassing these poor people trying to do jazzercise in front of some place at Orange County telling them, you know, yelling at them about their mask and shit. But they looked like they looked like everybody seemed, you know, there was music, there was an instructor. Sure. There, every one of the little pods seemed full. People looked they looked like they were having a good time until Lenka Coloma got there. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been seeing I've been seeing people out doing like tai chi and stuff like in groups and parks and you know outdoors. So, you know, more power to you, but um yeah, they're obviously these folks are obviously at, at ripped fitness. Um they're obviously just being 
stubborn pricks and they i you have to expect that at some level they don't ex they or you have to think at some level they don't expect to actually have to pay the fines right like they figure at some point there's just going to be it's going to be so ridiculous that ridiculously large amount of money that you know someone's going to well we'll let you guys off or you can pay a prorated fine or something i you can't imagine that they're seriously thinking they're going to pay half a million dollars in fines or um, the grift or it's the grift but again like where are these where the, the owners like they would wouldn't they be on camera like at least that the pastor from calvary church like he's all over the news he wants to be on the news he's like let me talk i want to talk um but these guys are a little quiet so um i don't i don't know i figure they think it's just going to go away right and someone's going to forget and not not bother finding them or they're just going to let it go and they'll they'll just they'll wait it out that seems to be the attitude um and as long as people are coming that's the thing it's like you know if, if people are still coming and willing to pay and willing to go in there and create a super spreader incident you know as a business person there's part of you that probably says yeah fuck it i'm making money you know people want to come it's their risk i'm sitting in my office right i'm not getting covid so if they want to come in here and and sweat all over the seat and the next person you know soaks up that sweat and gets covid it's not my not my bad they chose they chose to do it just because i'm open Right. Yeah, I'm thinking this is almost like an ideological thing because they mentioned like the constitution, like the first and the fifth amendment. Okay. I can understand the first, like maybe to gather or whatever, mm. but the fifth, isn't that like freedom from self-incrimination? <clears throat> yes. Something along those lines. Um, and the first amendment really, the right to free assembly, it's not about being able to go to a gym and, and work out. It's about being able to assemble around a cause, um, regardless of what that cause is, right. As long as you're not doing harm to other people. Like you're petition the government for redress of grievances correct and that's that's it's fundamental to everything we're about right it's in the declaration of independence for god's sake when in the course of human events so you know that's that is protected but that's this is not that just like calvary church is not that like you're talking about just get, coming together to worship you're not coming to get you know it's it's not about um addressing grievances it's just about gathering for a purpose right and you could argue that that's a business too because they're making money off their parishioners so it's yeah it's not this the, nothing in the first amendment protects you protects your commerce protects your your ability to engage in commerce that's not what the first amendment's about at all in fact there really isn't anything in the constitution about protecting commerce or the free market or capitalism even that's that is an entirely separate piece of our american experience like uh, the capitalist society it's economics and there's politics and there's policy there's they're all different uh different worlds but you know, most folks don't really understand that nuance and a lot of folk, you know, a lot of folks who uh, envelop themselves in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, for example, don't really know what the fuck it means. They just know what they think it means. Right. And my my reason, the main reason I thought that this is grift was when he started running them t weird Constitution talking points. Mm, yeah, that, that's why, like, I don't know. I mean, we don't know that this that there's no GoFundMe set up or that this person isn't taking money through Venmo yeah. by posting like on Twitter or Gab or, you know, we don't know this person. Sure. And, and it's, maybe not like, it's not like the, if he's posting on Gab, it's not like the news is going to go look for him on Gab. Right. And I didn't see anything about, you know, maybe they're, you know, they, they're charging more for the, you know, for, for member to members, or maybe they're asking members to, to give more, right. To, well, one for the privilege and the, and the, uh, the incentive of being able to go and work out in a gym, I guess. Um, but I'll, but they can make a good case for it. like, hey, you know, we're fighting the man, so pay a little more in your membership dues this month, and maybe we'll ask you to keep paying that after COVID's done anyway. Maybe it's the long, maybe it's the long con. The long con, exactly. They were going to exactly. need to raise prices anyway. 
Right. Well, we'll stay tuned to that one. So I feel um, like we've talked about either this gym or a different gym in San Jose. It it's I think it's it's kind of a uh, ongoing pattern we're seeing now. Whether it's yoga studios or gyms, it's 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 all around like this personal fitness. well-being and working out fitness, right? Yeah. And to me, it's like I gotta you know. I'm lucky. I got a school across the street from my house. I can go on the track and run and, you know, I could, or I could hike, walk around the, the field, right. And do a little, uh, do a little exercise outdoors. You know, that's just how I prefer to do things. I understand if you don't have a park or something nearby, but you know, just, just get out, like go out in the backyard and do some pushups and some, some stretching and go walk your dog or I don't know, you know, just try to go ride a bike, like go to, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, we're both lucky too. I mean, I'm really near the Los Gatos Creek trail. You're not far from it. If you had a bike. Yeah, no, not, yeah, we, we could, I could walk there. Frankly, it's not that, it's not terribly far. Um, yeah. If you yeah, had, if I, when I used to, when we used to be able to go to your place, yeah, I would just ride, I'd, I'd be like, why I'd be like riding to light rail. I'd be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, it's ride downhill. Trail. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We actually walked on that trail the other day, just me and the good wife and the dog, um, socially distanced, of course. Um, from the but dog. it was fun. Yeah, from the dog, exactly. <laughs> she wanted to go down to the camp. The camps. She wanted to be like hanging out. She heard music and heard, smelled food. She's like, oh, I want to go down there in the riverbed and hang out with the campers. Um, and we were like, no, we got a purpose. We're walking. So we walked all the way from uh, Lee to Campbell, basically. Lee, Lee Avenue to Campbell. It was a good walk. And back. Yeah. That's a nice, trail. It's, a nice yeah, trail. it's actually it's very clean. They keep it clean. Um, well, it's well lit for the kind of trail it is at night. So that's not bad. Correct. I like, I've even done, done I like riding it at night the best, actually. It's safer because the cyclists all have lights and there's less pedestrians. Yeah, it's well-paved. You know, it's well-kept. Um, I've been down there doing cleanups you before. You don't get pulled over by the cops on a bicycle for being drunk as fuck if you're on the Imagine trail. that. Imagine that. Especially if, if you're white. Right, if I was like, <laughs> if I would leave downtown San Jose to come home like at like 1.30, you know what mm -hmm. I would do? I would make a fucking beeline for that fucking trail shit yeah why stay on the roads man that's, uh, that's drunk where drivers the cops and cops yeah cops ain't gonna go down a trail and trace your chase your ass anyway Who, why would they want to do that yeah you're technically not supposed to be there i did encounter a ranger one night and he said hi and as i rode by so it was <laughs> hey buddy ranger yeah you could he was i just saw another bike and as <clears throat> as i got up i slowed down because he was stopped and you know we we help each other cyclists and then i noticed yeah. it was a ranger and i just sped back up and he's like hi yeah, the moral of the story is use use your public um, trails, folks. We actually have some pretty decent, you know, urban trails in uh, in the South Bay here. So please use them and and enjoy and, and find the open spaces around you and and leverage them. You don't need to go to the gym. I understand the motivation factor and the peer pressure and everything like that and the the teamwork. You know, going to a yoga studio, going to a class, you're you're kind of motivated by whatever it is, FOMO or guilt, you know, right? You know, or just wanting to be part of the the part of the team, get picked first, whatever. To me, it's, it's all it, the gym culture to me is it's, there's some level of insecurity and inferiority complex that has to do with, go, you know, having Depends to go and look gym. at yourself in the mirror. I guess, I guess I don't, I, 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 I've yet to see a gym I, that's like laid back and like, yeah, come on down and I, just have I, fun. When I, when I lived, uh, when I lived in San Francisco, there was a gym at market in Castro, pretty laid back. Well, I think that also has to do a little bit with the location too. <laughs> yeah. Pretty laid back, a bit of a hookup scene there. A bit right. of a hookup scene there, but if you weren't in the hookup scene or whatever, people were super nice. Yeah, I figure I I dig a, a gym at Marketing Castro. I could probably get down there. It sounds like a you know chill place to be. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna move on to so, San Francisco. Get your shit together. That was a good segue. 
Um, yeah, right. What we have is it looks like San Francisco suing itself over the school reopening. So let's check That's this. Let's check this out. Pretty much it. Well, open them up. San Francisco Mayor London Breed making an emotional plea to open public schools in the city. Breed says it's not just about books anymore. It's about mental health. And it comes just as a South Bay school district is working through the first few days of its limited in-person instruction. Let's so how are they doing? NBC Barry City Quintana tells us. An afternoon news conference at Jose Ortega Elementary School in San Francisco included teachers, parents, students, and an emotional Mayor London Breed as she took the podium. It just really breaks my heart to be here and to see these kids and these families and to just know what they've been going through. This news event comes just days after the city attorney filed a lawsuit against the school board to push them to release a plan to restart in-school instruction after nearly a full year of remote learning. Mayor Breed says being away from school is taking a serious toll. She says the data supports reopening limited in-person teaching. In this city, 113 private and parochial schools have opened with over 15,000 kids and no outbreaks. The hope is to get some elementary age students back in class before the school year ends. As the mayor of San Francisco, parents and students push to open schools there, here at Los Gatos Union, they're managing through the issues of already having in-person instruction. Los Gatos Union schools returned to a hybrid of in-school and remote learning for some students earlier this week. During today's board meeting on Zoom, they confirmed one infection. We did have one positive case since we've reopened. And I have to say that every protocol was followed immediately, um, efficiently. During the board meeting, they reviewed the district's protocols in case of infection, their testing schedule, and plans to expand in-school learning if conditions improve. Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. Had to be Los Gatos, right? <laughs> First, like, I, I, that's a lot. I mean, San Francisco, it's a, it's a big city, but it's no, geographically, it's not that huge. And 133 parochial schools in San Francisco? That's amazing. I didn't realize that. Um, and they've all come back. There's a lot of rich people in San Francisco. That's very true. I, I'm just curious now how many there are in San Jose. There's got to be hundreds if that's the case in San Francisco. So yeah, um, I don't know. Um, there's a lot we'll of little out. ones that you don't really notice. Right? True. Yeah, we're yeah. There's little corner preschools and things like that. Those all count. So um, private schools. Well, yeah, of course, private schools and parochial schools. You know, are figuring out ways to come back because they've got parents paying big money to send their kids there and they're like fuck i'm paying big money and my kids are fucking at home and i'm teaching them what the fuck right public school yep. is public school like it's free public education right you get what you pay for and i understand that they're frustrated that there's no plan yet right you should have some sort of plan or at least be working on a plan and from what we've heard it looks like the school district is more concerned with changing all the names of the schools which is fine too um since you're not doing anything else right might as well change the names while the kids are out and then they can come back and have a whole new name for the school um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. We were watching this news show, this, this broadcast live and the very previous story to the, the, the story right before this was about the mass vaccination center opening at Moscone in San Francisco and Mayor Breed in the same outfit and the same mask was at that press conference saying, we need to get started vaccinating people. We are behind, right? We are in a public health crisis. And then she goes over to a high school or the school and gives this speech at this different press conference saying, you need to open up the schools. You need to open up the schools, right? After she just opened up this big center because we're behind on our vaccination. So it's sort of like, I don't understand the, the disconnect there a little bit. 
And I really don't understand the purpose of like suing the school district over this. That's really not helping anyone. It's just a political stunt, if you ask me. Yeah, I think that just the teachers versus the students or teachers versus the parents again. Yeah, I don't. That's what I don't want to see. I, it, you know, at least the ire here seems to be directed in the right way, right? At the district, at the leaders of the school district, who are the ones that have to create the plan. The teachers aren't on the hook for creating the plan; they're on the hook for being part of, you know, planning the plan, right, and being involved in the planning. But it's not their job to come up with the plan. So, at, at least the the vitriol is directed in the right way. But I just hate, I really, something really rubs me the wrong way. It gives me a bad taste about like the mayor and all, and the, the city attorney who was elected, by the way, making these big, um, this, this big show out of this, having the kids show up with their, I miss my friends signs, you know, like, yeah, man, I miss my, I miss fucking going to in and out and going to, going to concerts and all sorts of shit. Right. But we're all making sacrifices, little guy, you know, <laughs> life gets better. Trust me. <laughs> This um, show is done by people who are sometimes incredibly intoxicated and we managed to do it from like sometimes somebody in San Diego, somebody here on the West side where I'm at and somebody right. in South San Jose are together doing this show all like yep. glug, 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 puff, puff, puff. We can, we work it. We figure it out. We make it work. Right. Um, I mean, I miss my I, co-hosts. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Open, and open like, up, open up my podcast studio. Yeah. I'm like, I have a little, I have a young cousin. He's, you know, eight, is he eight now. Oh, yeah, he's eight. He's in uh, second, he would be in second grade. Um, and you know, he, it's, it's not the best situation for him. Right. But he's getting along fine, man. We chat all the time. We chat, we chat on zoom just today. Um, me and his mom, you know, like he's, he's doing okay. He's not like morbidly depressed. If anything is, you know, and, and his parents are happy to have him home and around more often. Right. And he's happy to be around his parents more often and they can figure, they'll, they'll figure out ways to, to get this done. Just, you know, it's, it's not, the end of the world <laughs> i just wonder too um, like what the what's the crossover do you think between people who have possibly in the past threatened to homeschool their kids because of something like common core and the people and the people who yelling want to about back that now. the school needs to open back up i just right. wonder like i don't think it's like it's not like a super huge amount but there's got to be some kind of crossover well that's I've, you know what i actually think it's pretty i wouldn't be surprised if it was pretty significant um granted that's a small cohort you're talking about of the, the the homeschool threateners and the, the anti-vaxxers right the people that don't you know i'm not gonna send my kid to school if they have to get a vaccine well guess what right no i, I actually think it's a, there's a pretty serious crossover because it's complaint culture it's cancel culture it's compl- it's i call it complaint culture it's like you know it, you you've everything's fine until shit happens to you right everything's nothing's wrong until it happens to you everything everything yeah everything i call that conservatism fucked. Yeah, there you go. Everything's fucked, you know, until it happens to you. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm all for this, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's just the same. It's privilege culture, too. Like, you look at the kids in that picture, too. Like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, helicopter parents. Do you think these kids wrote those signs, too, by the way? Like, you know. Yeah, or if they down, did, they wrote them like their parents or somebody they told them. Because a lot of the signs said the same thing. And, like, the idea exactly. that. The idea that, like, these kids would come up with the exact same thing to put on their sign. And they're written like, you know, it's written pretty, pretty evenly, right? It's not like like a kid's handwriting, like someone actually wrote that for them, right? And so I, it's just, to me, it's, again, it's that bad taste. It's like, God, like you're just pushing your kid out of here, wave this sign, kid. And then one day the kid's just going to resent his parents for putting him on camera like that and forcing him to do it. I bet you these kids are having fun, man. I bet you these kids, like a lot of them are. There are some kids, there absolutely are children. I don't want to minimize this there are children who definitely need the emotional 
um, support system of being around other people or in, or, or th to learn, they need to be in person. Like this, there are some, there are some kids that just are not, and people that aren't predisposed to this kind of environment. And some schools and districts have reopened specifically for them, right? Like the San Jose school district is opening up just for a very, very limited, like a, a couple hundred out of 30,000 kids who are, uh, special, they have special needs or they have special, um, requirements, or they just have emotional and well-being uh, needs that are not being met at home and they're they are suffering and i get that and i really you know let's let's figure out a way to, to help them but the overwhelming majority of kids i don't think are all that freaked out about it i know tons of high school kids that i work work with as a volunteer they're getting along fine they're figuring out how to manage through it right they're they're just as prone to depression and other things that teenagers go through and bullying and, and, and trauma and all that as anyone as any other time, right? And even more so, frankly, sometimes on on online. But they're getting through it and they're 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 resilient. And I don't think we give kids enough credit. I think it's the parents that are much more just like always in this complaint culture. Parents are the ones I, I think that are, are taking this um the the full nine. And the kids, frankly, are just being dragged along for the ride in most cases. It's not the kids driving this, it's the parents. And you know, I think we need to start listening to the kids more and not the loudest voices in the room and the parents. I think this is also going to cut across like socioeconomic lines, right? The kids, yeah. the kids with parents who can work from home, who have, we'll call it professional, professional class people. Um, mm -hmm. Those kids are doing better with the, at the home school because the professional class people have money to buy them a better computer than what the right. school is offering them. They're going right. to have faster internet, so the kids aren't going to be like lagging out on their Zoom classes. Yep. If there's something wrong with their internet, they're going to have time to stop and call the fucking ISP. Right. They're the it, because of where we live specifically. Fucking mom or dad might work in technology and be able to mm -hmm. upgrade th things within the home to yep. make it better for the the distance learning. This is yep. gonna this cuts and on the flip side of that is if mom and dad both work in customer service. And, you know, maybe dad's working from home and mom's at the grocery store or wherever that she's a manager of or whatever, but dad works for a call center. Dad's not going to have that kind of time yeah. that the, the a project manager at fucking Cisco is going to have. Right. You're absolutely right. Like you hit it. There's a huge equity problem here. Um, and not to mention that, like the parents, you know, uh, uh, for example, like in San Jose, right? Parents on the east side who work, you know, nine to five, nine to 10 to two or three jobs. Right. Like you said, they just don't have the wherewithal and, and they're, they're not the ones who can come out to a rally at noon on a fucking Tuesday to bitch about this shit either. Right. They don't have a voice because they can't, they just don't, there's no way to show up. They're too busy working and getting shit done and trying to provide for their families. We need to be doing more. And uh, some, you know, libraries and cities and other folks are trying to do more to close that gap. And they're realizing that's a huge problem regardless of COVID. Like, internet access and access to information and tools and resources and technology. You know, it's, it's an absolute equity problem because you've got uh, neighborhoods of privilege and you've got neighborhoods that lack and families that have privilege and families that lack of that. And it's usually it's to be honest, it's the white folks who have the privilege and it's the, the brown and black folks that don't. And nothing was being done before COVID to solve that. And very little is being done now. At least something's being done. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the bigger issue is like, why are we not, why are we not prepared for this more? Right. We're in, especially in Silicon Valley and the Bay area, why are we not prepared to, to handle this more? And, and to, this is also underscoring the need for more school counselors 
and for more mental uh, well-being and health awareness in our schools, making that a bigger part of education, not just rote learning, right? We need more empathy and more more uh, outreach and more more counseling and mentoring for these kids so that they can get through these situations without without the trauma, right? They're kind of floundering, not because they're not around their friends or they're having to distance learn sometimes. It's really because they have no one who can explain to them and, and talk to them and, and work with them with what they're going through. Their parents aren't probably equipped to do that. I know I wouldn't be necessarily. So they need more professionals who know how to help them through these situations. It's not just, it's just not just about getting them back in class because it's not going to solve the whole problem. No. Well, we shall see, but uh, it's it, in our litigious culture, it's not surprising to see this is the way that cities are talking to school districts, right? This, this is just another, another case of, I, th- I think politicians trying to one up each other and trying to, to force the force an issue um, that it really is not the right issue to be forcing. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will keep tracking that one for you, everyone. So SF, get your fucking shit together. Yeah, that one I think is going to be the story that keeps on giving to unless the the fucking city goes to school, goes to the school district and whatever court they file with is like, they need to nope it. Well, there's a, there are quite a few of the supervisors in San Francisco, that, which is like the city council in San Francisco because they run the county and the city of San Francisco. There's a lot of them have actually served on that school board before. So I'm, I'd be curious to know how, what they feel about the, I don't believe that the, the council or supervisors had to vote on whether or not to sue. Um, cause the mayor, I think has ultimate authority in San Francisco. Well, um, yeah. And but, I don't think that, I don't think that on something like this, they would, uh, generally speak with one voice anyway. True. I would be curious to hear what they said. I know at least one Matt Haney, one of the super, one of the more prominent supervisors, um, was the president of the school board um, t- before he got elected to the um, the supervisor. So I'd, I'd be curious to hear what he thinks about it. I haven't really looked into it, but yeah, it's, it's just sad. I wish folks could just talk and not have to fucking go to court. It's so silly. It's just, it's just lying in the pockets of attorneys. And do we really need more fucking attorneys? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we do. And this, like I said, I think that there's, I don't, I'm not a legal professional or whatever, so you shouldn't really take my, uh, opinion as any like kind of expertise here, but I just think there's some possibility that as soon as they file paperwork, some court is just going to nope this. Yeah, this is this is a. I agree. That's actually what the good wife. The good wife has, um, obviously, she's a legal scholar a herself. She has a JD, and she was saying that like this is going to get thrown out the minute a, a judge sees this. It's just a political grandstanding. Um, but you know, if it if it works, if it forces the school district to come up with some sort of plan, great. But nobody has a plan. Like no one has a plan for the long term at all. Like some people are just easing back into this and figuring it out. No one has a grand scheme. Now that we actually have, you know, we're going to have an education secretary and we're going to have a an education department at the national level that's actually going to work on this and and try to create some sort of standards. That's great, and that'll help a lot, I think, um, because. Local school boards, if you've ever been to a local school board meeting, even in San Francisco, where it's a pretty big district and it's, you know, you'd think it'd be pretty sophisticated. Most of the people that get elected to school board, they don't know jack shit about what they're doing. It's like the lowest level of, of office. It's your first time in office and you've never run, most of these folks have never run a business. They've never run a large organization before. They don't know what they're doing. They don't even know the right questions to ask of their staff a lot of the time. So the idea that they're going to come up with some sort of grand plan that's going to save, you know, save their kids is laughable, right? Or they should be forced to come up with it. These are the last people you really want to force into doing a plan because they're going to rush it and half-ass it and fuck it up. So let let us let us get a national standard going, and then 
we can hopefully see kids going back to school because you should not leave. This is one thing you should not leave to local control at all. It's just, it, there's way too much at stake and the local school boards aren't equipped to handle this kind of shit. Yeah. So and this, that's, think, that's my story. I'm I think this is it. just fucking stupid. I think San Francisco, get your shit together is exactly like the right thing to be said here. So we move to on good, to down ballot, wife. watch the, uh, <clears throat> the namesake of this show, the segment of the show that shares the name with this show. We've got, um, an old friend, let's say. A An buddy. old friend. Oh, where'd it go? Oh, no. He likes to slap people. Yeah, this public. is Austin Bennett. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we need a whole soundboard. Do you have a whole Bennett soundboard now? I do. Nice. Where we lost our government, but if God does not do possible and enough signatures, I will run. Willing to throw my hat into the ring and run for governor if there is a a special election i'll throw i will throw my hat in and uh and i will run in the same way i've run before i will run on a platform of truth i will in the same way that you as ran a, as before, a writing, if, if, as he a writing the, if he does it in the same way he ran before that means not at all <laughs> fail to get on the ballot and then run as a writing candidate is by the way is he doing is he in the woods like setting off pipe bombs what's going on here oh no <laughs> he's friends with the guy from napa Right, I think he's out hanging out with that guy blowing up pipe bombs. Or is that like a coffee mug in the background? Uh, and everyone who desires our freedom should be getting behind me. Every organization, regardless of how much any organization hates me, I'm willing to run, <laughs> the ACLU. To run hard. I'll be sorry, probably. I thought I would elaborate this this morning a little bit on a uh, recent post in live I did in terms of throwing my hat in to to run in, in a um, recall election. Don't get distracted now. Finish the sentence. Just to get right to the point, it's really, it's like, it's a, you know what I mean? It's like uh, a ridiculous thought, frankly. You know, personally speaking, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm The jacket done. is off. I'm done with politics, I believe. And, um, you nut job, <clears throat> I made a comment and I said, if by some miracle that Gavin Newsom is recalled, that I would, I would run. You are a liar and, um, <laughs> nut job. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry to report this. I'm, 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 I'll be sorry. Probably I am. I'm sorry. Really? Probably. And maybe not. Maybe if this brings attention, probably even to <laughs> bring more darkness out into the light then then again it was worth it throw my hat into the ring and run for governor a ridiculous thought frankly you know personally speaking i'm done this is I'm, great i'm i'm done i'm done with politics i believe so that was obviously not an austin bennett video it's by a fake austin bennett channel on youtube pretty well yeah, cut together that was very nice, actually. I have to appreciate. And I appreciate the derp derpiness on that. That that actually could be our. Can we get the rights to that song? That could be our theme song. Oh, we've played for it. A we've, we've played it fairly regularly. I don't think anybody's gonna. I don't think that's the kind of person we have to worry about coming after us for copyright. The people that write the derpity derp derp derp. Oh song. no, no. I I mean, could we reach out to them and get like the original MP3 and 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 play that uh, as our as our as our lead? And that was fantastic. Hadn't heard that one before, but um. I, I welcome this with open arms. I would fucking love it if Austin wanted to, if the recall qualifies and Austin doesn't run, I'll be really depressed and discouraged. Um, for, for, I, I want to see another write-in campaign. Um, 
I mean, I was, to be honest with you, I was impressed. The guy got like, what, 600 votes right in for, for state Senate. That's actually pretty impressive to get that many right in votes. Like Mickey Mouse doesn't get that many votes. You know, and Tom Brady doesn't get that many votes. And Mickey Mouse and Tom Brady are way more famous than Austin Bennett. Right. So he did something right. Like he definitely motivated enough people who legitimately cast a ballot for him in his district. So who's to say he can't compete statewide? Um, but yeah, especially if he lines up with like the Napa guy and the three percenters and the Pacifica yoga studio and Calvary church, I mean, get all those folks behind him and the ones who believe in freedom, like he said, like there, there seems to be a good, a good amount out there, but we'll see. Um, are you going to be running for governor producer Dave, if the recall qualifies? I, I haven't ruled it out. I cannot confirm or deny if the, the good wife is considering it either. Um, We'll look. We'll look into that when the time comes. But if you decide to run, and I'm not too busy, I would happily run your campaign. <laughs> be a shit show. Absolutely, it'd be super fun. Um, uh, we should actually check in with my buddy uh, Adriel, who was who was. Uh, remember, he ran for governor um, just to make a point about paying for Facebook ads. Mm. He's a good friend of mine on Twitter too. Now, yeah, we can get. Let's get him on the show. He'd, he'd do an interview. He's a, he's a real good interview too. He's a good guy. But um, he, I'm I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he was thinking about running. Um, if the, if it should qualify, they need to get a million and a half signatures, I think 1.5 million signatures to get on. And with normal costs for, for signature gathering, you're looking at that's like four to $10 million, probably depending just, just to get the signatures, to get it on the ballot. And they don't even have a candidate yet. Like, no, I don't think there's really anyone out there who, um, you know, is going to, it has the, has the power to win statewide. Um, but it's a two question remember with gray davis it's two questions it's like would, should we recall gray davis and then who do you vote for if we do recall him so i still think gavin will survive even if it gets on the ballot i think he'll i think he'll beat back a recall um but uh there really isn't i, I don't know other than austin who might who might take up the the flag it's Maybe the, it's the shit show we deserve though absolutely are you kidding? Yeah, we've been, I've, I've been dying for this. I'm just so glad to see Austin back potentially, and, and we can uh, we can have him back. We can we can even create a Austin Bennett get your shit together section of the show. Well, since we're down ballot, we're going to go up north. North, we're going to go eh. to a Redding, California. Nice. And, and this is a constituent. This is her recorded message that she gave to, I believe, the Shasta County Board of Supervisors regarding, you guessed it, masks, and opening up the county. Hey Shasta County, this is Alyssa and today is February 2nd. Here's my comment to the board. Thank you, Rand Paul, for the inspiration. Oh God, good this morning, is going to be good. Board. I submit this censure is no more than a partisan exercise designed to further divide this county. Censure is a formal statement of disapproval to publicly reprimand a supervisor. Yes. As if supervisors Modi and Rickert have not already made it abundantly clear that they disapprove of opening the chambers to its pre-COVID status anytime soon. It seems that by putting this to a vote that will certainly be three to two, it is less about publicly disapproving these actions and more a political ruse to gain the pitiable attention of the media and yet another attempt to discredit the people of Shasta County in their efforts to regain some semblance of control over their elected representatives. And stop calling this a violation of the rule of law. This resolution, which suspended in-person participation of the board members, the staff, and the public at board meetings as passed, was unconstitutional. Justifying this resolution by way of Executive Order N-2920 and 6320, it remains unconstitutional. Unconstitutional just means anything these people don't fucking like. 
Pretty much. Like it's not the Constitution does not entitle you to be a jackass. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Bill of Rights is not you don't have a right to be an idiot. And the First Amendment is not about you know your ability to wear a mask or to not wear a mask and to um impact and to potentially threaten the public health right um there's uh what is it uh we're entitled to uh life liberty and the pursuit of happiness right those things apply to other people like in your impact on other people right and if you are preventing someone from life liberty and the pursuit of happiness by not wearing a mask and potentially you know giving them a deadly disease then that's on you you're not protected from doing that by the Constitution. And the other thing is it took Shasta County a while to get it together because there's really terrible fucking internet out there. Sure. And um, <laughs> and it's, it's, the, it's the state of Jefferson for the most part, right? So it's, right. you know. But they eventually got it together and people can either record their statement to the city council like this or they can remote like in. Or they yeah. even have a small room where people can line up socially distance outside, wear their mask. And they, right. go, they like have a little mic like a little mic, you know, the little, the little mics, the surgical hat. They have one of those for the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we, didn't we cover, like, didn't we have a video of, of, of that happening? And then someone came in and like threatened like violence against the, the board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For not, for not, for making them wear a mask. Like, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Let's kill the supervisors because they made me wear a fucking mask. Like, come on lady, you're in your house anyway. Like, <laughs> like it's not, not like you're going out and doing anything. Like where are you getting your hair done? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, don't mean to, impugn her her looks but um governor's anyway. executive orders to create a resolution to close the chambers to the public was the violation of rule of law you don't get to vote away my right to peaceably assemble for a public meeting and a building paid for by my taxes you're speaking Instead at a public meeting right now actual county work supervisors modi and rickert are wasting the county's time and money on a partisan vendetta you're wasting Leonard, our time it's like you only exist in opposition to Les Ba. Look, this censure is already null and void as the chambers have been reopened to the public. So without this distraction, think Judge Alyssa's on the case. Address some of the issues yeah, right. before you like the fountain She's wearing her robe. or the millions spent on homeless housing without proper city oversight. This sham of a censure essentially asks, is this board of supervisors petty enough to pick a public fight over a peaceable assembly that affected none of the accusing parties? Leonard, Mary, Joe, you were absent. You were not in the chambers. None of your staff were in the chambers. There was no risk. To That's because they didn't want to go because you idiots wouldn't wear fucking masks. Yeah. And she's given herself away with that line about the homeless housing, right? Oh, we're spending all this money. I mean, you obviously have that. We now we see. Now I see, right? Um, everything's what it's all about free speech and free assembly and and rights except for the people who are living on the streets because they can't afford to you know to rent a place in our in our town um, anyone who had not consented thereof shame on you and this staff for seeing this as an opportunity to virtue signal instead of engaging in the difficult work of scrutinizing <laughs> these outrageous government mandates is this how you think politics should be Yes. And if so, perhaps we should ask for a public censure of Mary Rickert for interrupting a citizen's arrest as if it were public comment when both her peers and legal counsel advised it was not public comment. And should we seek to public censure Leonard Modi for repeatedly speaking to the press in a way that has inflamed public opinion? Or how about for purposefully absconding during public comment, preventing a reasoned deliberation? 
Mary, in the meeting last week, you said Les had been reckless and it only... There was a lot going on there. Like somebody tried to interfere with what they believed was a citizen's arrest. Do you think maybe these people absconded because people came to do a citizen's arrest and they're like, I've got to go. Got to go. Yeah, this is not this is not my bag. I do not want to be associated with this. Um, and there's obviously a lot of baggage here. This is this is a lady who obviously goes to the board of soups a lot and speaks like on every one of those people that speaks on every issue, no matter what it is. They find something to gripe about because that's just their bag. We have these. You ask the good wife. We have these folks here in the county who every public meeting, I swear to God, and they're just loving that it's on Zoom now because they can go to all of them at once, right? They can sit in the lobby at the county and like go on the city council meeting. They can go on the county meeting. They can go on the school board meeting and they can just zoom in and comment on every issue. And it just gets to be like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, just shut the fuck up. Like, you know, do you have anything that you're in favor of? Is there anything at all that you, you like or do you have any solutions other than just a bitch? Probably not done this to draw attention to himself. I'd propose that's exactly what you're doing now, using your position as supervisor to recklessly garner attention to your misguided self-righteousness. This is a low road to use public censure against two supervisors that wanted to uphold their oath to the Constitution, allowing citizens their First Amendment right to effectively have their grievances redressed. Chair, it's imperative you dismiss this childish, time-wasting censure. Clean up this mess and get back to working on opening the county. I think she's saying get your shit together, kind of. But I, this is the one, this is the thing. This is, this is my favorite. I'm being... You know, I'm not allowed to um, have my voice. I'm not, you know, you're, you're, you're cutting off my ability to speak or I didn't know about this meeting that I'm speaking at, right? That's my favorite one. <laughs> I was not informed about this public meeting and yet I'm here speaking at the public meeting, right? I don't care if you found out 24 hours before or 12 hours before, you're at the meeting and you're speaking and you're redressing your grievance. So what the fuck? <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's in person or not, frankly. And if anything, like it, it's it's easier for you to do. It's easier for you to make your comment. You don't have to leave your house, right? And go down to the, the they have to go down and, and do their job and be in their in their chambers, apparently, right? You don't have to. So it's actually easier for you and you're addressing your grievance. So shut the fuck, address your grievance and then shut the fuck up about not being able to address your grievance because it's, you're, 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 you're countering your own argument. My perspective. So. Yeah, I just think that, um, I think you might be right about her. Um, we've certainly seen her before and we found her through this guy we've been covering yeah. out of Fresno. I, but I think we've seen her before too. Wasn't she, I, I want to say she was one of those people in that video we saw from, I think it was from Shasta County. They came in and threatened, like personally threatened, like the city manager and the, the city attorney for, for, uh, for closing down the, the, the halls. So anyway, I think well, you might be right. But yeah, I, and well, I think maybe me and the media wench have watched her like maybe later in the evening when we we're kind of digging into like sure. when we were doing all kind of city council and county we were, like there was a phase like during around July when yeah. like one in 10 videos we'd roll around here like in totality was from some county ca county supervisor city hall uh, fucking um, school board meeting something like that yeah, and well, so, that's what down ballot watch is all about so right. this is a great segue into your red light I think this in this story too. Um, is a great segue into your red light production for tonight. This one, this this thing, we're going to move on to and another thing. We usually do a little bit of a human interest story here, but this one's a little bit of like, what's really going on? Right. I, I had not seen this at all, so I'm really glad you found this. Let's go. So we had <clears throat> we had covered, I think, before 
that um, maybe we hadn't covered it, but it was in the news that uh, Joe Montana and his wife apparently had a, someone try to steal their baby. Fuck that. And um, their, their granddaughter. Their, their granddaughter. That's right. Yeah. It was their granddaughter. They're a little, they're, yeah, they're a little long in the tooth to have a new they baby. Are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now it appears the charges have been dropped. And I, this girl, Ellen, that we used to hang out with when we were young, when anything strange would be going on, she'd be like, what's really going on? So that's, that's what I'm asking here is like, what's, what's really going on? Well, we're going to get some more information about why the charges were dismissed against Sudside Dazelle. Take a look. But according to the L.A. Sheriff's inmate data website, the 39-year-old was released around 4.30 this morning. And the reason given for the release just says dismissed. Dalzell had been charged with felony counts of attempted kidnapping and burglary. Remember, she was arrested last September uh, after NFL legend Joe Montana told L.A. County Sheriff's deputies that the woman had walked into their home along PCH and taken the baby from a playpen. Montana's wife confronted her. There was a, a struggle before she left the home without the child. Something's Fishy's going on there. Disgruntled nanny or something? Like, what do you think? Or maybe they, maybe there was like an, maybe it's an adopted granddaughter or something and she was coming to get the kid, take the I, kid back. There's, I mean, the possibilities are endless, but I, this is definitely one of those, like, what's really going on here? Have it you just, seen Raising Arizona? It seems like a kind of raise, Raising Arizona thing. I don't know if you've seen that before, but the, the couple, they can't have a baby and then they, um, there's a, a rich couple where they, the husband and wife were having trouble having a baby and then they have set, they, she has like septuplets or something. And so the, the poor couple goes and steals one of the babies and says, well, they have too many to do. They, they have more than they can handle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen that movie, but I'm just telling you there's this just, there's just, there's something else going on here. Yeah. I, yeah, especially cause it was so just so brief. I, I don't, I'd love to hear a little more about that, but there's got to be something going on. You're right. I don't know what it is exactly. Yeah. And this could also be a case like the media wench was saying in the chat of somebody who was maybe in crisis and the Montana's there and their, their, you know, the, the parents were like, Oh, well, we didn't know this was going on. Let's get this person sure. some help. Sure. Well, you remember it somewhat reminds me it's since it's the PCH, it kind of reminds me of the story of Robert Downey Jr. Getting all twacked out on Coke and go into the wrong house and, falling into bed with a 14 year old girl <laughs> and just trying to go to sleep <laughs> and thought he was in his own house. Um, so maybe she, maybe it's just a mistaken identity case or something. This is my baby. Um, who knows? But yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot more going on, going on there. Um, and who knows, maybe it wouldn't have gotten so much publicity if it wasn't Joe Montana's granddaughter, if it was like, a, I don't know, uh, Brian Greasy's granddaughter. That's going really deep in the football there. Yeah. Um, it's a, if it's that, we're not going to hear shit else about it. Well, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. And Joe Montana is a very private person, so it's it's actually surprising if it, if you know if something like this breaks out, it's because it was there was something going on. Um, he tends to keep to himself pretty well, so he doesn't even do all the commercials or anything. Um, so for being such lives? a for being such a huge celebrity, you see where he lives, Joe. Yeah, you, you was it Malibu? Yeah, yeah. You think he think he needs to do a fucking Gillette commercial? Oh, have, fuck no, no. That, well, that's the thing. Like that, he he doesn't. Most of these athletes don't, right? Like the the Bradys and the the Tiger Woods of the world. They make a pun. They make tons of money doing their thing, um, whatever their sport is. Um, but really, they make like LeBron and all those guys. They make infinitely more doing the the endorsements than they do actually playing the sport sometimes. But yeah, Joe doesn't have to. He's invested in a lot. He owns like um, he owns like auto dealerships and shit and 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 other and uh, 
he's a stakeholder in like a you know land and development and whatnot so he doesn't he doesn't need to do endorsement deals anymore he can he can be quiet and, and chill and he's always been pretty private him and his wife so something i respect about them yeah. anyway go joe hope hope you get your granddaughter safe and sound sounds like she is yeah it sounds like she's all right but uh, we'll find out more we'll find out more or well, maybe not. Dave, thank you for putting together a, a, a fabulous docket this week i'm glad i was able to contribute a little bit and and join you for a good down ballot and a half again yep well you know why we move this shit, the fucking local stuff off of the main show. Cause there's so much stuff to cover that even, even an hour and even an hour and a half this week couldn't contain the, uh, the local derp. So for sure. So next week, are we going to try and do a little, um, out of town, a little, uh, lo- it's all local somewhere. Yeah. Show? We're going to, I think DC, DC and kind of the, that Baltimore kind of North, North Virginia sort cool. of Metro area, right, like the, that kind of DC market, I guess. Yeah, the good, a, the good wife used to live in Northern Virginia and Alexandria and that area too, so we can certainly lean on her for some some intel into where to look for for good stories. So I will I will hit her up and we'll start searching around for some stuff. And you all should join us next week for a fabulous uh, travel travelogue version of Down Ballot. And uh, just a quick note: after that, um, we're going to take a fucking week off. The week after that, we haven't Yay! we haven't not done this show in quite some time. We're actually going through and that would taking, be great actually we're going through and taking a week off of all of the shows except for the sunday show over the next couple weeks so okay well that's a good timing a week a week after this is our uh anniversary me and the good wife so we, we thank you for that we'll take we'll take some time and enjoy ourselves and then we'll come back fully recharged okay well thanks for listening to down ballot everybody if you're listening to this on the podcast once again uh, make sure to subscribe at twitch.tv slash echoplex media and uh, just check out our website, echoplexmedia.com. There's some uh, great stuff there. At least that's what I'm supposed to say. This is a song by the Poppy Jasper Band. This song is called Mississippi Delta. And I'll be back in a moment with Red Light. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Bruce Dave. Mississippi, I can see the paddle wheelers turn. Been singing the blues my whole life. No, I got something to learn. Mississippi Delta, moonshine and Jones. To hear the Gibson guitars and the BS3 bars, I always come back to you. Mississippi Delta, 12 bars in the truth. Where Elvis is alive, the guitar's crying, and the mother son sings the blues.
Shining by the show. 